Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. I don't know if it'll surprise you or not, but a Sport Ireland report says there are significantly fewer teenage girls participating in sports. Uh, We're now lower than the national average in many other countries. So how do parents and others get young girls involved in sports and how do we ensure they continue with that at whatever level uh, into their adult years? Well, I'm joined uh, by Michelle Herbert, who's very well known on the Limerick Camogie scene, UL Sports Journalism lecturer Aoife Sheehan and uh, plays Camogie herself, of course, and Gronia Uhuhigin, who is part of the Seuss Climbing Centre based in Clare but lots of Limerick people taking part there too and you're all very welcome. Good morning to you. Um, now Michelle I, we talked to you before because you've a lot to be grateful for in sport don't you including Absolutely, do, literally yes. saving your life at one point. Yes yeah yeah only for a camogie I wouldn't be sitting here really you know as in um, my marker Sarah Jane Joy um, you know was so it's it's key part, you know, as in, but I think even before, like, I had that um, event, um, like, sport played a huge role in, like, creating great friends and, um, like, just, it's it's so essential that, you know, the ways in we encourage young people to, to, to participate in sport, like you said, at whatever level, you know, as in, because it'll create great friendships and... I think it instills a very good work ethic in everybody, you know, as in, like, you give a busy person a job, so if you know that you've training or whatever to do, you know, as in, it'll, um, I think, help you in your day-to-day life and it builds resilience and it builds character and, you know, it gives people huge determination. Yeah. And Aoife, I mean, you've seen this as a player, you know, you're, you're a lecturer at the School of Journalism, you're involved in media, and maybe sometimes we can get the impression because of the somewhat increased exposure for women's sports and photos this morning of the Republic of Ireland women's soccer team, for example, before they head off to the World Cup finals, that the situation is better, maybe, than it is on the ground. Yeah, I suppose with the increased profile that I suppose a lot of women's sport um, is getting, but you'd hope, Joe, that that would have a knock-on effect. Um, so I used to play Camogie actually with Michelle as well. So when we were younger, there was very few female role models. I suppose Sonia Sullivan would have been, you know, the main one that we would have seen growing up. Whereas now, I mean, we've so many, you know, look at the World Cup, our own, you know, um, Clara Reardon head, heading off, you know, if Katie McCabe is, is a huge player about here and across the water. And just, you know, Sarah Lavin even on everything that she's achieved in the last few weeks. So there are a lot more role models and you'd be hoping that that will help girls um, stay in sport because... As Michelle mentioned, there are so many positive benefits just to um, just to daily life, you know, and, and, and being fit and active. And even that has a knock-on effect on how you'd hopefully stay healthy, you know, for longer in life as well. But um, I suppose the big thing to keep, to keep teenagers in sport is just addressing any barriers that you might see coming, I suppose, at an age where there is that drop-off. So why is that? You know, is it body image concerns? Is it that they're just not enjoying it? Why aren't they enjoying it? Um, you know, and I suppose there's such an emphasis now or, or there's such a reliance as well on, you know, mobile communications and, and phones and everything else that, it, you know, it can be difficult to keep 
you know, girls and boys, I suppose, as well in sport. I know we're talking about girls this morning, but but you know, there is a bit of a, a fight there just to keep keep them in it and active. Um, and I suppose just making it enjoyable. And you know, what's enjoyable for one girl mightn't be enjoyable for the other. So one girl might love the competitive nature. They might love, you know, that, um, you know, striving to to be the best. But for another girl, it might be just I like hanging out with my friends on a Tuesday or Thursday. I like going training. Um, so you know, why does that happen and why does that drop off? So yeah. you know, it is yeah. it is something uh, just to to look at. And, and indeed, and you know, Grania, I mean, people think of maybe the more traditional sports in Ireland, you know, Komogi, hurling, Gaelic football, you know, in Limerick, it's everything, of course, there's rugby and soccer and you name it. But what about climbing as an activity? Um, so I find climbing to be a hugely inclusive sport. Um, that's one of the reasons actually I fell in love with the sport was that sense of community that I found in Suez and in other climbing walls. And we found find a lot of women find climbing in their 20s and their 30s. And we have a wonderful, vibrant youth club as well, our youth camps. Um, but we do find that there's just a huge a uh, huge drop-off um, when ki- children come in, particularly girls, come into their older um, teens. And I guess there's a knock-on effect. There's more um, teens drop off. The other girls lose that social element that draws them to the sport. Um, we're always looking at, at initiatives um, to bring more young girls into it, to keep it in it. Um, and it's that challenge at a time in their life where I suppose um, there's really heightened anxiety for them, there's lots of changes, um, social pressures um, into making sure that sport remains a safe um, and and a happy place for them um, where they feel like they have a role and a voice that's heard. Okay. And just explain to people who, who haven't seen the kind of climbing you're talking about, how does it work? Um, so in Swiss Climbing Centre, we have a bouldering wall, which is um, a shorter wall with mats underneath and you don't use ropes. And then also we have um, roped climbing. Um, so uh, an instructor um, will manage the ropes for you as you go up a taller wall. Um, and uh, so we have both those uh, types of climbing. And then a lot of our, our regular gym members as well will go outside. So we're at also actively trying to encourage women um, to be more confident in climbing outside as well. And do you race up the walls? Um, so there is speed climbing. Um, uh, we don't actually do that in Suez Climbing Centre, but for example, in the UL wall or in other walls, um, there's speed climbing. So then the objective is to go up as fast as possible. Yeah. Is it dangerous? It can be, definitely, yeah. <laughs> There's a healthy level of risk, I suppose. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a believer in risk at all, to be honest, but that's just me. Um, but um, So you're connected by ropes and all those safety measures? Yeah, exactly. So we have lots of safety measures. Um, but as part of our youth clubs and our youth camps, um, we equip our, our girls and our um, kids um, with the skills to be able to safely manage their own ropes and to uh, take personal responsibility for their own safety within our supervision. And presumably you have to be and you get pretty fit. Yeah, absolutely. You get um, very physically strong. Um, you, you get agile and flexible. Uh, it's it's really very multidimensional because there's a problem-solving element as well. Okay, we'll take a short break and we'll come back and chat more to Gronia, to Aoife and to Michelle. And we're just asking the question about the continuity, I suppose, of, you know, girls getting them involved in sport at a young age, but then ensuring that they uh, retain an interest into their adult years. Back in just a minute. 
Text Limerick today now on 086-123-9595. This summer, Lloyd's Pharmacy want to help you make your skin health matter. We're on a mission to protect and advise our local communities about the importance of wearing SPF and practicing a good sun care routine. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in Ireland, so wearing SPF every day is essential in helping protect your skin. At Lloyd's Pharmacy, we have sun care for all ages and skin types. This month, you can get up to 50% off a range of sun care products in-store, online, or through our Lloyd's Pharmacy Ireland app. Lloyd's Pharmacy, Live 95's healthcare partner. Say hello to the people that know. At AXA, we know running a home can run up your costs too. That's why you can save up to 30% on our home insurance. Get a quote today. Together, we've got this. AXA, know you can. Policy terms and conditions apply. Minimum premium is €160. A 30% discount is available after three consecutive years claims free. 15% after two consecutive years and 10% after one year claims free. Axe Insurance Stock is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Did you know you can now get Vodafone Gigabit Fibre Broadband in Limerick City? As Ireland's largest home fibre broadband provider, Vodafone is bringing fast, reliable fibre broadband to communities all across Ireland. So, what are you waiting for? Ready, set, go for Vodafone Fibre. Join the rest of Ireland scrolling, gaming and downloading at fibre fast speeds today. Visit vodafone.ie slash broadband for more. Vodafone, together we can. Subject to availability. Claim based on Comreg Q3 22 data report. See Vodafone.ie slash terms. Adams of Glyn. At Adams of Glyn Peugeot, we're known for our exciting range of award-winning cars and SUVs. Now we've created a range that's electrifying. The fully electric E208, striking and distinctive. The fully electric E2008 compact SUV, smooth and spacious. And the 3008 plug-in hybrid, combining advanced electric and petrol engine technology. New stock available for 2023. Adams of Glyn. To book a test drive, call Adams Adams of Glen, Adams of Glen, always worth the drive. The job line on Live 95. A part-time plumber is required in the Limerick City area. Applicants should have a good knowledge of residential dwellings and we're told that a craft cert would warrant an attractive package to a suitable applicant. A Limerick-based charity is looking to recruit a gender and orientation worker who will be responsible for providing support services across the Midwest region. A HVAC installation and servicing company is seeking an office administrator. They'd like to speak to someone with proven experience as an office administrator or in a similar administrative role. Knowledge of basic accounting principles and experience with bookkeeping tasks is desirable. And finally, for now, there's a number of job opportunities available for a sustainable package company, including warehouse manager, production operators, electrician, toolmaker, maintenance technician and polymer apprentice. Remember, you can check out the Live 95 job line for full information on any of these jobs, or if you're an employer, submit your own at live95.ie. The job line on Live 95. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now we're chatting to Michelle Herbert, Aoife Sheehan, and Gronya O'Higgin, and uh, specifically about women in sport, teenage girls making sure that they feel there's a pathway to continuing in sport of one sort or another, whether that be for leisure or competitively into their adult <laughs> years. And Michelle, is it true that it is easier for boys to continue in sport um, uh, in adulthood or, or is that increasingly a myth? 
Um, I know statistics say, isn't it? I think um, one in two girls drop out of, of sport and it's three times higher than, than boys. I suppose I teach in Hazelwood College um, in Drumcolour and I would be involved in the camogie there and we probably have 50, over 50 girls playing camogie like between second year, third year and TY and our junior team. And like while it's it's fantastic, it's quite hard to manage from a numbers point of view, you know, as in and we don't, we haven't cut our panel, if that made sense. Like we won the Munster Junior B this year with 54 girls on the panel. And um, even from a point that of view... That is a big panel. Absolutely. And I would say every single one of those players played a role in in the, in the in, in every single game, you know, as in like... And I think when it comes to, to sports, maybe with young girls, sometimes they plateau, if that makes sense. You know, the ways in they could be very good, 10, 11, 12, 13, and then they might plateau and they're very self-conscious and self-aware, you know, as in like being a teenager is hard, you know, they're in that teenage tunnel and it, it is difficult. And um, like Aoife said, some are going because they want to be with, that's what their friends are doing. And some of them are very, very determined and they want to win. And it's about, I think, trying to strike a balance. You know, as in, like, obviously, you have more fun if you're winning, I think, you know, as in at times, but it's even about a training. So says the competitor. (laughs) So, but it's about, like, even, like, always having fun at training, you know, the way it's in. And if you, if you, if you're not enjoying it, maybe take a step back or try something else, you know, as in, it doesn't have to be always, you know, from a competitive point of view. And Aoife, the other thing, I mean, we've seen the visibility of campaigns and protests indeed in some women's sports quite recently uh, about charters and funding and a level playing field in the metaphorical sense. And is that a big part of this to allow women to feel that there is a supported pathway into adulthood? Yeah, I think so. Um, Joe, you know, and it's well documented even like just last weekend you had, you know, the Cork Camogie dual players, you know, both games fixed for the, the one day within an hour of each other or something, I think it was logistics wise. And like that was happening twenty years ago and it's still happening. Like that's that's just that's not right. Um and I suppose and, and that's not even getting into the, the, the argument of well, should there still be dual players when it's such, you know, a high commitment and things like that. That's just logistically speaking, how the two um, governing bodies can speak to each other and say, listen, we'll take Saturdays and you take Sundays, you know, just in the summer while the, all the games are so hectic and, and coming thick and fast. Um, and I, I don't think that looks well, being honest. Optics-wise, I don't think it looks well that, you know, we see a lot of stories like the Kildare Camogie team, you know, not fielding a team this year and, and being told, I think nearly by text message kind of a thing by the, by the county board, listen, we're not entering you for various reasons um, and a lot of those stories come out and it takes away from what's happening on the field you know it takes away from the good stories on the field the, you know whatever's happening and and the, the great players that we have like every summer there'll be something coming up to the finals that it's a head scratching thing going are we really here again why is you know why does this keep happening and I think that has a negative impact on um, how people speak about the sport, how people speak about women's sport. And, it, you know, it has to stop. And and look, there's a lot happening at the moment off the field and or even, I suppose, on the field, the protests are happening. Um, and the GPA coming out and backing the players, you know, is good. But what what is going to be the outcome there? And, and I think until, you know, Camogie and ladies football can sit at a table and say, right, we have our house in order, we're together. I don't see them coming under, and this could be a different conversation, but I don't see them coming under the GA umbrella until that happens and they get their own own side of things sorted. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and just 
just in terms of how that looks, it's it's all around how you you know you, you think about you know women in sport and and this is more I suppose locally from you know ladies football and camogie how you talk about it. But then like I was at an event last week ran by the Woodlands who are excellent you know supporters and sponsors of the local ladies football and camogie and you know they provide gym access to every player you know every senior player on both codes and they also provide meals after training and after games like that's huge you know and that's that's kind of really putting themselves out there and saying right we value the women in sport and it's something for yeah. you know the women who are playing locally to say right you know feeling valued and things like that so right. you know there's, there's a lot to it Joe, well, yeah there, there is absolutely and you know it's a societal wide issue certainly and you would hope that uh, the uh, focus on sport even internationally uh, with the Republic of Ireland women's side in the World Cup finals will have something like the same effect that the men qualifying for these major tournaments has had when uh, it kicks off in a couple of weeks time but Grania, the from what you see the level of participation of men and women uh, in um, climbing what's it like um i think there's definitely still uh, a majority of men in climbing but I think um, a lot more women and a lot more women who come to it, like I said, in, in their 20s, 30s, 40s and onwards. Um, I think as as children, we have a really even split um, in our younger groups. And then just as teenagers, um, that falls off a little bit. So you're seeing it as well? Absolutely. Um, I think um, definitely uh, partly might come down to um, the fact that even as uh, young children, I guess boys are often perceived as having more energy than girls sport is um, from the very onset uh, a welcome onset for parents and for teachers for them to get that energy out and for girls um, there's never that same balance I suppose I don't think um, that same emphasis is given to sport and so then as they um, come into their teens as they progress in school and um, academic pressures um, become more significant I think sport is the first thing to drop off Right, so in summary improving but a long way to go to ensure the pathway to participation exactly. for women in sport into adulthood. And even if it's just for leisure, you know, I mean, it's not all about competing, of, of course. as well. And I think, Joe, as well, it's, I, I think we need to plug the benefits of it. You know, the way is in like from a school point of view, like I'm a chemistry and egg science teacher and I would say that they should be playing right up until they do their exams because I think they're way more alert in the classroom if they have been out and I think it's even about encouraging them you know and not giving out to them saying you've been missing so many classes you know because you'll always find that someone maybe that has gone to the match if they're going to do well they're going to work extra hard when they come back in that you know and I think as well it's not about like when we show them role models, it's not just that a Komogi player only sees Komogi role models, that it is like last week we had the cool camp in Newcastle West and we had some of our own um, boys, county stars, but we had Roshan Ambrose, the captain of the ladies football and Yvonne Lee and Sophie Hennessy. And we attempted to make a video for Claire Reardon before the World Cup, you know, the ways in to say well done. And like just because she's a soccer player, like, you know, the ways in she played Komogi with Newcastle West, you know, the way, so we should be plugging all women's sports, not just the discipline that they're playing. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much. I mean, clearly we were only going to scratch the surface of this this morning, but it was still very interesting to hear from uh, the three of you. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash.